0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jazz Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Ortiz, and um, today I wanted to just pick up where we left off. And uh, last time I spoke about um, traveling to Dallas and uh, competing on a show out there, and um, I also spoke about uh, skydiving, uh, my engagement, all the fun stuff. So today I just wanted to pick up where we left off. So, um, after my engagement, and, uh, back in July, after that, I decided that I, uh, wanted to attend a seminar out in Philly, so I, uh, I talked to Scott, and, um, you know, I asked him, you know, what do, what do you think about this? It's, uh, it was a three-day event at, um, I think it was called Logic Philly, it ran by, uh, Christian Woodmancy, and, um, it was a great seminar, me and, uh, me and Scott rode out there we uh we drove it was probably about a uh eight hour drive and um we really had a great time to be honest it was it definitely I don't think was everything it could have been because of how uh shut down everything was I think we uh we expected a bit much considering we had just went to uh Dallas and uh, I guess it wouldn't be nearly as open as uh Dallas would be just because they um their uh, politics out there are very different than uh, Texas, so um it was tough to find, uh, restaurants that would be open or um restaurants that were even that even had seats open because um there was a uh, limited seating and um not many places were uh open or the ones that were open were uh taking a lot of people so. That kind of made it a little tough to uh, experience everything that uh, Philly was. So I'd like to go back out there when uh, things are a little more open. I uh, I think things are starting to open back up a little more now. So uh, we'll have to make another trip out there and just see what uh, see what it's like with uh, less restrictions. And um, one uh, two places that they uh, they said we needed to uh, hit up just because it's Philly. And you know you got to try cheesesteak steak while you're there. It was two places. It was uh, Geno's and Pat's. And there's this uh, ongoing debate about which uh, which place is better. We ended up going to Pat's just because the line was uh, much shorter at Geno's. I mean the line was going out to the road. And from uh, from what I heard, that's a, a common occurrence. I mean it's it's ridiculous the the amount of people that line up for cheesesteak there so they must be pretty good but um, at Pat's I got a, uh, a steak and cheese and um, I didn't get it with cheese whiz that was one of the choices that they gave you was um, cheese whiz on your uh, uh, cheese steak, and um, I was like oh I've never tried that on a cheesesteak so I don't know how that would taste so I uh, I got fries to go with it and they asked me could I get it on my fries so I was like mm, that would be a good uh that would be a good way to try it just uh have it on my fries so I told them, yeah I'll get it on my fries and um I going to be honest with you not bad I'm not a big fan of cheese whiz just cuz I just think it tastes weird it's just ugh, it feels like pudding in my mouth so um honestly I was impressed it was actually really good and um, Scott, um, I'm, I'm going to have him on the next episode so we can uh, talk about our experiences and uh, everything during this pandemic. Scott got the weirdest order I've ever seen. He got a cheesesteak with nothing on it, just cheesesteak. Not, not I shouldn't even say cheesesteak, steak. All he got was meat on his. He didn't get no cheese or nothing because you know, he's freaking psychopath when it comes to his diet he's so freaking dedicated he got no cheese i was like dude what are you doing that's so weird and i think even the guy that was taking his order was like what what are you doing bro because that's that's weird why would you not why would you come to a cheesesteak place and not get cheese on it so um i let him try some of my fries and uh he was like oh man i should have got cheese on it that's really good and I was like, yeah, man, I tried to tell you. Now now we can't go back because uh, when we were in line, the line was just starting to pick up. So by the time we left the the window, you walk up to the window and get your order. So there's actually two windows. You walk up to one window, you pay, and then the next window is uh, where you pick up your order. And it was so... um." It was so, uh, I had so much anxiety walking up to the, uh, to the window just because everything was so fast paced. And, you know, it, it, I think it had a sign on the thing that said, if you, if you don't order correctly, we'll send you to the back of the line. So here I am thinking in my head, don't fuck it up. You know what you want? Just something, just regular cheesesteak. That's it. Don't fuck it up. So then I get up there and I'm freaking, my hands are sweating and I, Handed my money and get everything, uh, and so that was good. And um, then Scott got his. And uh, as we were, uh, like I said, as we were walking back, he was going, you know, damn, I should have got cheese. And I said, well, you'll have to wait till next time because ain't no way we're getting back in that line. So yeah, I mean, I think we had got there about uh, three or four o'clock. Was when we got there, and that's when things started to uh, started to pick up. People were coming out and um, just crowding these places, just because. I guess maybe people were getting off work and stuff. Maybe that's why they were. Uh, there was more people there at that time, but uh, wasn't we no ain't no way we were going to be able to try out both places uh in one trip because it was the lines were ridiculous and, uh, so we tried, uh, we tried Pat's, it was really good, I really enjoyed it, uh, Scott seemed to enjoy it, too, and, um, let me think of other places we hit up, um, there was this place called, uh, Insomnia Cookies, I know they're, uh, they're all over the, what you call Um uh, the East Coast, I know they're all over the East Coast, and, um, I've never, I've never tried insomnia cookies until I went to Philly, and, uh, we hit that place up, I think, almost every day, because, uh, they had some of the best cookies. I, uh, I got a huge salted caramel one that was freaking delicious, and, um, I can't remember what Scott got. I think he just got some, uh, some big sugar cookie, but their sugar cookies were really good. So, um. We tried that place out, and oh, I meant to talk about this. So, there was actually a steak and cheese place that I went to bef- the on the first night we got there, because it was it was a it was a weekend thing. On the first night we got there, I tried this other place out. I couldn't tell you the name, uh, but I will not be going back, just because it was it was not not impressed. I was not impressed. It was it was not great and uh i was like you know i hope that these two places that we're going to that are known for the best cheesesteak um meet up to the expectation that i'm expecting because so far not impressed but um uh, i'm going to be honest with you if i had to rate it 1 to 10 i've i've had better cheesesteaks here in north carolina than i have in philly to be honest I really have. There is this place called, um, what is it called? I can't remember. What is it called? It's a place my, uh, my wife brings dinner from sometimes. What is it called? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'll have to ask her next time. But there's this place in, uh, North Carolina that makes a cheesesteak way better than, uh, the one I had in Philly, to be honest, it like, the one in Philly was good, but it wasn't, like, blow your hair back like I was expecting, and maybe that's why I, I had my expectations too high, but, you know, it's in the name, Philly cheesesteak, you know, you would think it would be out of this world, but, hey, yeah, you, know, you don't, you never know what to expect with these things, so, uh, other places we ate at, let me think, um, we tried out this nice Italian place that was really good, and um, what else? what else did we try? We were gonna try tacos one night, but the streets were way too crowded. I think that's one thing that uh overwhelmed me the most was the freaking city life like where uh where I live, there's not much traffic anywhere you go to be honest I mean the most traffic I see is, uh, going down, uh, uh, I-85 and, um, that, even that, that's not ever bad, but there, I mean, it was, it was a few times where we were just in standstill traffic, just, just city life, you know, uh, I would definitely say city life is not for me after that, uh, after that experience, Especially because if you miss a turn or anything, you, you can you can get into some shit. Like one time we uh we uh we were going, I think we were going to the gym, and we accidentally took one exit, and uh, next thing you know, we had to take the whole uh bridge over from uh, Jersey. We had to take the bridge over, and and it said on my thing, you know, rerouting your thing, and it showed us an. Uh, We went from being like 10 minutes away to, we're freaking an hour away, which I think it was also, my GPS is messed up because it was only giving me a certain route, but yeah, I mean, city life, definitely not for me. I mean, I'd like to visit, I'd love to visit New York one day, but if I never do, I mean, I'm never, I'm not going to be disappointed. I, uh, I want to, honestly, I'd want to go to New York just to train over at Henzo's, but other than that, I mean, I wouldn't see another reason to go to New York. I mean, see all the historical sites and things like that. I mean, that would be interesting, but I wouldn't be disappointed. Speaking of uh, sites, we uh, we got to see uh, a few interesting things. One thing that I completely forgot about that I, I should have known, I mean, I've seen all the movies, was the Rocky statue. I forgot all about that. And, um, I, uh, at the, uh, hotel we stayed at, there was a big poster of a Rocky, uh, with the, you know, the, I think it was the first one where he's got the fist up. And, um, I was like, oh, snap, I forgot. We're in Philly. We ought to go see the Rocky statue. So we, uh, we went up to see the Rocky statue, uh, during the day. And, um, we went over there. It was, I mean, a line so long to get to the Rocky statue. I thought in the movies, the Rocky statue was at the top of the steps. But now I think, I think it was to begin with, but now they've moved it and put it on the, beside the steps. And, um, it's like gated off and you can only, it's only like one, uh, one couple a time or whatever and, uh, then you get your picture, and whatever. It's, it it was a lot of people. I was like, uh, is it worth waiting a freaking hour just to get my picture, uh, at the statue? Mm, Not really. The biggest thing for me was the steps. We, uh, we went up the steps, and you got to see a view of the, uh, of the city from there, and it was, it was very, it was very beautiful. I loved, uh, I loved going to uh, the Rocky Steps. That was a lot of fun. And um while we were there also there was a uh there was a fair going on there and uh that was pretty cool, but the, on- the only thing was we couldn't get in because of uh um uh, limited amount of people could go in. It wasn't it wasn't like you could just walk in. They had a freaking escort and like it was uh you were trying to get into a club. You could only have so many people go in there. And but um, it was a it was a fun experience. Um, I'll be honest with you, not the, not the trip I was expecting it to be, but it was it definitely wasn't a bad one. I think if we uh, if we would have went when there was uh, no restrictions, I think it would have been a lot more fun just because there would have been more um uh, more things open bars, restaurants. But yeah, um, as far as the. Uh, as the training goes, it was uh it was three days. It was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, I think was one session, um is one session during the night, and then um the following night it was uh, one session during the night and then one in the morning. And it was both uh, gi and no gi and um it was each instructor taught um a uh, one day like for example, um uh, uh it it was three guys it was christian woodmancy, jt. Torres, and uh Josh Inger, and just that lineup alone I mean that's ridiculous i uh I told Scott I mean we're only gonna get this opportunity every uh once in a while, so we need to take advantage when we need to take advantage of it when we uh when we have the opportunity to uh roll with guys of that caliber because i mean they are ridiculously good there's actually a video of me rolling with uh Josh and JT on my uh Instagram so if y'all want to check that out you can just watch me get pulverized basically but it was a graceful pulveriz- pulverization i don't even know if that's a word But yeah, a graceful pulverization but it was a uh, it was a good training camp i uh i picked up a lot of good things of um about uh, uh guillotines uh guard passing i learned a uh, honestly what i took away the most from it was um jt taught this uh type of way to hold uh side control and it was like a it, it was kind of like a casegatami and uh like where you have your, uh, hip next to theirs and you've got your, uh, underhook. It was a, uh, it was a different way of holding it. And maybe it was because of the emphasis he made that made me look at it differently because it, it to me, it didn't look like it was just, it was, it was your normal case of Katami. It was a lot of emphasis on the hip to hip pressure which I think made a big difference because he emphasized on it so much that it became like muscle memory. And, um, I've caught so many guys with, with that pressure and it's been hard for, it's been hard for, um, guys to get out of my side control lately, just because I, you, uh, play between regular side control and that, uh, case of Katami and, um, it was a it was a great tip. I'm I'll be honest with you. I think that's what uh the one technique. If I didn't learn anything else, that was the one detail that definitely impacted my game very heavily. And uh you know Josh of course the the guillotine savant. I mean there were so many times that he caught my neck and I know he could have uh choked me, but he didn't. And I was like golly, like I didn't realize there was so many. Different ways to get guillotines, and um, there was at one point where I uh, I was going with the JT that I uh, I shot in on him, and it was like I hit a brick wall, like it there was no moving him, like like here here I was trying to drive into him, and I'm pretty sure my man was like, all right all right move aside kid, and just freaking grabbed my leg, and then turned it flipped me over. And then fell into a knee bar. And I think I actually had my. I had my legs figure forward. And he broke it so easily with just his arms. Like all he did was pull back on it. And it, here's here's my leg. That's probably half the size of his arm. And he's just pulling it like it's nothing. And uh, it was, it, it was kind of hilarious to be honest. Because I was just watching like. No. And it was it was pretty it was pretty funny and um there's this uh there's this funny moment where uh, me and Josh are going and um i i leave a arm out there and he snatches it up and instead of going for the arm bar he just goes for the wrist lock which i thought i thought that was hilarious and uh yeah that was our uh Philly experience it was um it was definitely it was definitely not my favorite one but definitely not a bad one not a bad one it was it was a lot of uh, great instruction and we uh we definitely learned a lot and um i uh i i'd do it all over again if i could the uh the 8 hour drive the uh, staying at shitty hotels and uh the freaking shut down restaurants and Oof. It, it was it was fun but a little stressful like it did not feel like which i mean i didn't look at it as if it was a vacation you know i looked at it as if you know training like we're gonna we're going to learn but it was it was definitely not a vacation definitely not and uh, yeah so um guys if you would um check out uh logic Philly christian uh woodmancy his school he's a great guy anyone uh looking for training anyone going through uh philly or staying in philly for however long you do uh check that place out Uh, it's a it was a great gym probably one of the nicest ones i've been in and uh christian's a great guy he's really nice he was uh very helpful and um it, honestly, he rolled uh, uh, probably one of the best guys I've rolled with that's uh, my size because, you know, I can't ever uh, gauge how good someone really is. Like, uh, f- like for example, I mean, JT and Josh, I mean, I can tell you how good they are. Just, like, levels and levels and levels above anyone I've ever rolled, but, rolled with. But uh, Christian was one I could really uh, gauge – how good he was because he was my size, so it wasn't like I was getting overpowered by weight or strength. Like he's a tiny dude like me, and he was spinning me around and catching me in all sorts of barambolas and such. And and uh, yeah, he's a he's a really good guy. He's a he's got a good team out there. He's a um, Atos, uh black belt. He got his black belt from uh, Andre Galvao. So solid dude i uh, i really like him uh check him out on uh, social media christian woodmancy and um yeah i loved his uh i loved his facility one of the nicest gyms i've been to and um yeah i mean uh, where we uh where were we were planning to go next i don't think we uh, we uh we had any plans on going uh to any more seminars after that we um what did we uh what did we do? I'm trying to think I'm trying to think back, so we had Philly, and then directly after that it was uh it was uh, serious grappling and in, in Myrtle Beach that was in October so Philly was in August, so here's how the timeline goes uh fight to win was in um was in June then after that um we traveled to um Philly in August then after that we went down to Myrtle Beach in uh October yeah so that was those were uh some of those were competitions and Philly was a seminar so um uh I didn't get to do, I honestly had a whole schedule laid out of uh, tournaments and uh, competitions that I wanted to do, and I'm sure that last year I did more uh, super fights than I did uh, tournaments because there were tournaments just getting canceled every week. It got to the point where I just I honestly stopped signing up for them because it, I knew I was going to get that message of, hey... We're either going to have to reschedule or just cancel altogether. So I'm pretty sure I did more super fights than I did anything else. Yeah. In October, I did a uh, serious grappling and uh, Myrtle beach that was in the Ghee. and um, it didn't, uh, it didn't go my way. I'm going to uh, do a breakdown of it and um, show you guys where, uh, kind of my downfall was. And, uh, keep you guys from making the same mistake because um, he went into uh, De La Riva and and um, I think uh, no yeah it was I did I fought, uh, I fought the uh, the wrong leg because um, I didn't I didn't tr- uh, up to uh, leading up to that uh, event I didn't train with a lot of guys who pl- uh, played a lot of De La Riva and Barambolo so um, as soon as he went for it like I had went over it in my mind a few times but I didn't excuse me. Excuse me. I didn't go over it um uh, in the training room, uh bearing bolos and uh, uh guys inverting on me a lot. So that uh that made it difficult for uh me to deal with. Uh so I uh I had fought the uh wrong leg, the one that was pushing on my knee instead, when I should have been fighting the other leg, so, um, I'll do a breakdown of that, guys, and, uh, show y'all where I I went wrong, and, uh, what the, uh, what the right thing to do is, and, um, yeah, so, I ended up losing that match on, uh, on points, I think it was, a that wasn't a 10-minute match, it was eight minutes, it was eight minutes, and, um, yeah, so, I think, honestly, that was my, uh, that was my last competition of the of 2020 and then after that i um i did a uh, fuji super fight event that was in uh, raleigh and um this one was a good one i'm going to uh all my recent matches that i've had that i have on video i'm going to do a breakdown of and um give you guys some tips and uh show you uh what uh, what I could have done differently, or, um, what I did right, so, um, I'll do a breakdown of that for you guys, and, um, this, uh, super fight was January 3rd, it was in, uh, Raleigh, and, um, I, uh, I honestly, for this one, I, uh, I was, I didn't study a lot of my guide, because I, it was honestly very hard to find anything, uh, that was, uh, strictly jiu-jitsu, I know he was a, I know he's a pro MMA fighter, but, um, I didn't know much of his, uh, Jiu-Jitsu background. I just, uh, that's the only thing I could find was, um, uh, MMA stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I was like, that, that's not going to be apl- applicable. So I, uh, I just, uh, uh, from January on, I started developing my, uh, my, uh, open guard game, which is something I've been working on the past couple months. And, um, I, uh, I I really wanted to use this, uh, this competition, the January 3rd competition to, uh, uh, kind of practice, not practice it, but, uh, see what it would, see what it would, uh, how it would hold in, uh, competition. So I, um, I'd been working on a lot of, uh, uh, single leg acts and, uh, breakdowns to, uh, cross ishi, so, um, I, that was, uh, what I was chasing a lot in this match, and, uh, I was also playing a lot of, uh, butterfly guard, and, uh, one thing that I noticed that I, uh, I definitely improved on working on my open guard was, uh, more than anything was my, uh, guard retention skills. I think getting my, uh, legs thrown by and, uh, getting passed on all the time and training was really helpful to, uh, help, uh, get my, uh, guard retention better, so that was good, and, uh, for this event, um, sorry, so for the, uh, Raleigh event, I, uh, like I said, I didn't, uh, look at any tape, I just worked on my game, and, um, I, uh, looked at the rule set just to see what to expect, And um, they didn't have the, uh, they had the uh, submission rules, like, you know, basically for purple belts and up, anything was, uh, anything was legal, but the, uh, the time uh, limits weren't up. I knew it would, uh, I knew it would, uh, I think it was a, uh, after, uh, I can't, no, it didn't say the time, it just said, you know, they would go into uh, overtime rounds. But um, and uh, no, I don't even think that was that. Com- I'm getting my competitions confused. So that was for another event. I'll go into that later. Um, for the Fuji event, it was um, uh, it was ten minutes. But I didn't know that going into it. So when I uh, when I got there, they they were going over it in the rules meeting, and um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I listen maybe half the time when they're doing rules meetings, I know that sounds awful, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've competed so much that, uh, not all rules are the same, but they're kind of universal, somewhat, just depending on the event, like, U.S. Grappling, I basically know their rules, you know, back and forth, up and down, whatever, and, um, uh, I didn't, I didn't listen, which was my mistake, but, um, as I'm going out to the mat for my match, um, the guy tells me, you know, uh, all right, come out, face off, and, uh, he said, all right, guys, this is going to be, uh, 10 minutes, and, uh, there's going to be points, so, uh, let's get it on, and as soon as he says 10 minutes, uh, a little drip of sweat falls down my back, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> 10 minutes, you say, <laughs> okay, well, then, um, this ought to be interesting, <laughs> 10 minutes. Wow, that's a long time. So, um, I was like, okay, well, let's, um, let's try and get this guy submitted before 10 minutes, okay? Because, um, 10 minutes, I might throw up after if I do 10 minutes. So, um, I, uh, I'll, I'll do a breakdown of that. I had a lot of, uh, entrances, uh, to, uh, uh, straight oshing. I, uh, I almost got an inside, uh, no, it was outside heel hook, but, um, it just, it didn't, uh, go my way, um, uh, he, uh, he mounted me for a little bit, which, uh, which is what gained him the points, but after that, it was kind of, uh, it it wasn't a stalemate, but we couldn't, I couldn't off-balance him, and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't pass my guard, so it was, uh, it was a, uh it was a tricky, it was a tricky situation I was in, because, um, as I was starting to run out of time is when, uh, I was really starting to pick up, so I, uh, I would have liked if it was a sub only, maybe I could have made something happen, maybe not, but, um, with, uh, with time, I I tend to let the, uh, I tend to let the time get away from me, and then I'll, I forget about points because, I mean, my, uh, my style has never been, uh, geared towards points. I mean, if you look at, uh, most of my matches, I've, uh, I've rarely ever, uh, rarely ever won by points. It's either I, uh, submit the guy or I get submitted. So that's, that's recently, that's how my, uh, that's how my matches have been. And, um, I think that's what, uh, I think that's what it needs to be, to be honest. Uh, not that, not that I'm making any excuses, but guys need to be out there trying to submit each other. You know, when you uh, when you're uh, just winning on points at uh every event, it uh, not that it gives a sport a bad name, but it doesn't make it as entertaining as it could be. And I think that's where uh, jitsu is going to make a grand leap, is when the uh, all of the top guys are. Uh, all submitting each other, and um, it's it's because that's gonna draw more eyes, and that's gonna uh, appease to the crowd more than uh point victories because um you know by nature I mean people aren't uh aren't very uh they don't they don't stay still. It's always on to the next one, on to the next one. What is this? Okay, all right, cool. You know you see it all the time. People on their phones. People uh scrolling for things uh, endlessly trying to uh find a new show or find a find something new to watch and um it, it you don't have a lot of room for error. Uh so uh you need to be exciting and you need to be uh entertaining. And with I think with that combo, jiu jitsu could take a, a big leap and uh maybe one day uh become mainstream because I think if uh if enough people are uh making it entertaining uh it will draw in more crowds and um bring uh bring some money into the sport so I think by uh by doing that you're going to uh, you're going to take the sport even farther which should be the goal of uh every jitsu practitioner. You shouldn't uh you shouldn't be so uh selfish, you know. You should you should want to win, but you don't want to do it at the sake of uh, making the sport look bad, you know. You want to uh, you want to make the sport look look its best and uh, make yourself look good, you know. When you're uh, when you're out there and you get your 15 second uh, highlight reel, that looks good on you and it looks good on the uh, and it looks good on the on the jitsu community because you know sometimes we're perceived as by uh, uh, striking arts or, uh, the general public as, uh, guys who just scoot around on their butt and try and grab your feet or, um, you know, just, um, uh, lanky guys who, it, it wouldn't work on me, bro. Only on your, only if you had your gear on or only if we're, we're on the mat, bro. Like, you know, we need to show what, uh, what jiu-jitsu is all about. So every, uh, every competition, that's what I try to do. You know, I'm trying to go out there and, uh, finish, guys, so, I think that should be the goal of, uh, every Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, so, um, my, uh, my match, uh, ended on, uh, points, uh, we both weren't able to get anything going, um, uh, I think the score was, uh, I can't remember the score, uh, I know he had gotten, I can't remember if they counted side control. Cause I know us grappling doesn't count side control f- for points. I think he had, uh, captured side control and then he got Mount. So that would have been four. And I, I, uh, I got on, on top briefly, but that it wasn't long enough to, uh, catch any points. So I think it was, uh, Oh, and four. So it was, uh, it was a good competition. Uh, nice little um, uh, what I considered uh, nice little um, like getting your feet wet for uh, the next competition because um, directly after that I had a uh, I think it was uh, two weeks after that let me check here. Two weeks after that I had a, uh, a tournament and uh, it was in uh, Sanford for uh, pro jitsu. And um, both of these uh events that I competed at were uh both on a Sunday, which was very weird for me because I never compete on a Sunday. but um uh projutsu and uh the Fuji were uh both on a Sunday and early in the morning, so it was it was very weird because, um, usually uh Sunday mornings I'm teaching private, so uh it was very uh it was very weird. So, um, uh, the Sanford one, um, it was, um, it was a, uh, I think it was eight minutes. Eight minutes, was it eight minutes? Yeah, I think it was eight minutes, um, sub only, and, um, I, uh, I had, uh, got this match offered by, uh, Wyatt Chapman, which is who I went, went against, uh, he sent me a message, you know, I saw you, uh, you applied, but, uh, nobody, uh, nobody around your weight was available, you know, would you be willing to take me on, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure, no, uh, no problem, I'd love to, you know, anytime I can, uh, I can get someone close to my size, I'd, uh, I'd like to do that, so, um, especially around, uh, uh, my, uh, my rank—it's very hard to find guys. Uh, my size—I uh, I compete at uh, one thirty-five, and if I need to, one forty-five. So um, uh, I agreed to the match. We um, we got there around uh, lunchtime, and uh, things got started really quick. I was the uh, I was the second match on the card, which I was very happy about. I hate when I am uh like I'm way into the card way into the chord, which, I mean, it's cool for, um, you know, viewing purposes, you know, the closer you are to the, uh, to the big names, you know, whoever's, uh, headlining that chord is, a uh, good exposure on you, but, man, it drives my anxiety crazy, because, you know, uh, uh, competing is a very, uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's scary, it's a very, um, nerve-wracking, because, there's so many things that go through your head of what could happen that it can drive you nuts. Like, uh, which you will go into this? But, you know, you go, you go in your head, oh God, what if I, what if I go out there and get hurt? Or what if I, uh, what if something, what if some freak accident happens? Or, or what if I go out there and get submitted in like five seconds? You know, I absolutely, um, had to, uh, learn this lesson you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. You know, you can go in there with full intentions of winning and you will win, or you can go in there with full intentions of losing and you're going to lose. So it's all about, um, manifesting what you want to happen. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it just means you're in for a bigger comeback, you know? Um, it just meant it wasn't uh it wasn't the day and uh you will come back. That's the thing is uh you gotta bounce from uh failure to failure without uh losing enthusiasm. So that's what uh that's what I've done with uh with uh these competitions, you know. I've I've lost uh few competitions uh recently, so I've been really focusing in the training room on all right, what do I need to fix? What are the details that I am, uh, what are the details that I'm missing? Uh, what could I have done differently here? You know, it, it's made me, uh, hone in more on what I'm not doing and what I am doing, uh, right. And, um, really, uh, drove me to work even harder because, uh, you know, most times, uh, when you go on a little bit of a run of, uh, losing, you, uh, you start to think, you know, is this for me? Is, uh, Am I doing the right thing? Um, I think that it all comes from a test. From you know, you can call it whatever you want. You know, you can call it God, the universe, um, whatever, whatever you'd like to believe. I believe it's all a test to test your character, to test your heart, to see what uh, to make you dig deep and see what you're made of. I think all these uh, all these challenges are uh, placed in front of you so that way when you look back on uh when you look back on those moments when you're uh much better than you were uh a year ago you look back and go I'm glad that happened I'm glad I went through the struggle that I did just because it's made me who I am today I think it uh it'll fill you with a sense of pride because you know that you can go way farther than you thought you could and um I think it, uh, it, it's these, uh, these past couple, couple competitions have, uh, made me, uh, want to execute on, uh, a lot of things, not just, uh, not just competition, not just wanting to, uh, compete more and, uh, dive myself more into the, uh, competition scene. It's also made me want to, uh, pursue, um, goals, uh, uh goals of mine that, uh, are, uh, centered around jujitsu, but not necessarily, um, uh, through the competition aspect, I, uh, I've started this podcast, you know, um, I'd wanted to do this a year ago, but I, uh, I kept, uh, dragging my feet and, uh, and not, uh, not getting it done, so, um, these, uh, these, uh, past couple of months where I, uh, I've gone on a little bit of a run of, uh, comp- uh com- competing and, um, traveling, has really, uh, made me want to, um, uh, hammer down on my uh on my goals and aspirations so starting this podcast was one of them you know so i uh i'm very uh i'm very glad i've uh i finally uh gotten around to it and um i've also started a uh, youtube channel i've uh i've gotten the uh podcast across uh, a lot of uh streaming sites so i'm very uh i'm very proud of uh what i'm doing and um I hope that uh if any of you can get uh any uh, motivation or inspiration from this. I uh, I hope you can. So uh enough of that uh, little rant. Um I uh, so let me get into uh this competition. So um I get there and um uh I weighed in, got everything done and um getting warmed up and uh so this, the first first match happens uh, uh I think it was two kids and uh the the funny thing about it was that uh uh after the match was done, I think one of the kids was so tired he like nearly passed out, and i was and I didn't notice it it was my uh my wife that actually went, did you see that guy? He almost like passed out in front of you, I was like, what are you for real?" I didn't even notice and uh she said, Yeah, he like passed out. Like everyone is kinda like freaking out a little bit. I was like, Oh shit <laughs> That tells you how locked in I was that I paid no attention to uh what was going on. So, um I uh I got ready for my I got ready for my match and uh I go out and uh we face off. It's eight minutes and um with side pans, I pull guard immediately. And, um, I, I had been trying to play, uh, legs a lot. I knew this guy was good at legs, but I was like, "Mm, I want to be real. I want to become a really good leg locker. So who better to try my leg locks against than a leg lock guy. Let's see how this goes. So if I'm going to dive into it, I'm going to dive into it head first, feet first, everything first. So I, um. I, uh, I pulled guard I played a lot of um i played a lot of uh, um single leg X and then I was eventually able to break them down and I was able to uh, snatch onto the outside heel hook which I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep working on that but um if if any of you fellow leg lockers know how to fix this problem, please send me a message because I'm having so much trouble with this. I tried to fix it from January until now, the um the sp- the spiral problem when your opponent just spins out of an outside heel hook. And um I've had it happen twice now. Uh I tried to fix it from the first competition I had of the of the year in uh, January and then I had it happen in this past one, um, in Sanford. And, um, they both spinned out, they, they both spun out and, uh, it was, uh, it's very frustrating. So if you know how to fix that, please hit me up, please. <laughs> Cause I'd really like to fix that. Cause that's so frustrating. But, um, uh, I was, uh, able to get into, uh, straightashi, and, um, I had a, uh, I had a straight ankle. That's uh that's typically what I go for when um as soon as I go into uh straight ashy. and um I uh I I'd been pulling on this ankle and I uh I typically wouldn't wouldn't uh hold on to it as long as I did, but I was uh for some reason I was really confident in how tight I had it, but then he started turning his leg the other way. He started uh turning his knee inward. And um, I'd already, I'd use I'd, I used it as bait sometimes to go into other leg locks, but he, um he, he'd, he'd uh, turned the knee in the first time when I caught that uh, outside heel hook, I was able to catch that. And uh, then he did it a second time, but this time I wasn't as confident in the outside heel hook because I knew he had already spun out of it. So I think I was kind of in my head about um, going for it and attempting it. So I uh, I didn't go for it. Instead, I kept holding it, which was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. And um, I let him turn his leg inward, but I still kept cranking on the on the uh, straight ankle lock. And um, it, was, it, it was it was it was catastrophic from there because it uh the pressure was no longer on his Achilles tendon so there goes that and then from there he had been trying to pull up my uh my leg but I'd hooked it underneath his uh I had it under his knee at one point and then I had it under his uh butt at one point so um I uh I wasn't able to um secure it as tight as I wanted to and um from there I can't remember where the uh the exchange went from there. Here, give me one second. sorry about that we uh we almost died on here oh, the computer almost died, so I couldn't have that happen but um. Um, where was I? So, um, I don't remember where the exchange went to from that point, but all I remember is, um, I, uh, I got the ankle lock from there. He under, no, he overhooked my leg and then, um, I somehow ended up, uh, sitting on my, sitting on my leg. And then from there, um i uh i think i had tried to sit to the side or something like that and uh try and crab right into uh into the back but he uh he was able to pull my leg uh in between his and uh sink in what i think was a uh it was either it was i think it was an inside heel hook yeah it was an inside heel hook i think and um it it went downhill from there so the straight ankle log, from, from then on, everything went downhill from there, because, um, as soon as I went into that crab ride, something happened where he spun, and my leg was held in place, and my knee rotated. As soon as that happened, my knee popped, and I, uh, I didn't know what to think at first. I uh I was like, oh like all of this all of this happened within the within like two seconds. My knee pops, I go, oh fuck, what the fuck was that? Oh God. Is my knee broke? Oh god, did I tear my did I tear my uh my ACL, my LCO, anything? And I immediately go into a panic. And I think before he even, uh, applied the heel hook all the way, I was already tapping because I was, I thought my knee went out of place or something, but I felt my knee pop like two or three times. And, um, I'm sure he did too. And, um, as soon as he stood up, I was like, am I going to be able to stand up? Like, what the fuck? And, um, so he, uh, he gets the finish. Unfortunately, it didn't go my way, so I, uh, I, uh, I'm laying there, and all the, like I said, all of this is like within the time span of like two to five seconds. I'm freaking out. I'm like, God, uh, I, th- I, think my, my wife said my face was actually white, like white, white, because I was like, what just happened? So, um, you know, they stand up. We stand up. He, he gets his hand raised. And I'm walking off the mat, and um, as I'm walking off the mat, I step forward, and my knee kind of buckles, and that scared the shit out of me. So, I have to sit down for a little bit, and um, kind of get my shit together, and I'm like, am I going to have to, like, be carried out of here? Because I really hope not. That would be really embarrassing. So, I, uh, I'm i like, we got to go, immediately. I'm going to have to go to the emergency room. Something, my, my knee's Fucked. So we're, um, we're riding down the road and, um, I'm taking a look at it. It's not really swollen. It's not, um uh, it's not hurting like rid- in a ridiculous amount. I think what, uh, what hurt the most was like, I was just worried and any little movement I made, I think scared me. So it wasn't so much that it hurt. It was that I was just very worried if I take the wrong step Something's gonna pop. Something's gonna, something's bad's gonna happen. So I, uh, so we uh, we went. We actually went to go eat right after, and uh, I'm sitting at the restaurant, and um, I'm I had to hobble over to the table, and uh, one of uh, uh, the manager of this restaurant. I uh, I teach uh, private lessons to his uh, so, uh, to the to his sons. And um as soon as he sees me he goes, Oh shit, what happened to you? I'm like, Well, you know, competition you know how it goes, just a little freak accident. So, um he was like, Man, that sucks So here I am having to hobble everywhere and um I had to go I had to get my sister to go into uh, Walmart to buy me a knee brace because um here I was sitting in the car and can't even freaking move struggling to get out of the car, and um, the the thing I didn't even think about was, oh shit, I have to be at work tomorrow, what the hell, no, it it wasn't, yeah, and I was like, I have to be at work tomorrow, I said, what the fuck am I going to do, and I think this is when real life started to kick in, Uh, uh, I'd been going on this run for so long of uh, training, competition, training, competition, training, competition. That I didn't take into account, hey, I've got to work, oh, I've got to get married in two months, oh big dog, uh, here's reality real quick, let me slap you in the face, so um, I was like, oh okay, so I probably shouldn't compete until after April because um Allison might kill me if I do because this was a uh, the uh, first match she'd been to in a while. She uh, she'd seen me compete in Greensboro. That was a couple of years back, but um she uh th- she was very worried because she knew something was wrong immediately. Like no, she didn't even have to say anything to me after the match, and she said, "You're not okay, right?" And I was like, "No." She said, "Okay, well let's go." And um, yeah, it it that thing that's what uh was most heartbreaking was um, you know she, uh, she hasn't been to a lot of my matches, but the one match she goes to, I get my shit popped, so, that was probably the worst, the worst part of it, um, worse than the freaking injury that, that was, so, um, I, uh, I went and got this, uh, my left knee checked out, oh, god, should I be saying that? I don't, I don't know if I should be saying that, it's my right knee, okay, both knees, I don't know, something, but, um, I went and, uh, I went and got my, uh, injury checked out, we'll go with that, my injury checked out, and, um, I, uh, yeah, you're not getting any info from me competitors, and you ain't getting nothing, so, um, I went and got my, uh, my knee checked out, and, um, uh, it, the, I went to, uh, Dr. Bean, he's in, uh, uh, Greensboro, uh, orthopedics, and, um, he uh, he did x rays on my uh, on my uh knees, checked them both out and uh, made sure they were good and he said, I don't see any tears He said, You haven't torn anything, so it looks like you're uh, you're good to go whenever you feel like it And here I am, I've been worried the uh like the past week because I couldn't get in get in to see him until uh a week after. And um here I have been freaking panicking. He said, Oh yeah, you can just go back to the train. And um, I was like, "Okay, you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure I don't need a jazzy? Are you sure I don't need one of them little scooter thingies? You sure? Because I'm um, I'm very dramatic when it comes to injuries. I hardly ever get hurt, so when I do get hurt, it's usually bad. <laughs> it uh it, it I I train very safely. I don't uh I'm not the one who's gonna be freaking spazzing out and elbowing people in the back of the head and freaking." Bunching people unintentionally. So, um, uh, I'm a very, I'm a very safe training partner usually, but this was a, uh, freak accident in, uh, competition. And, you know, I told him that, you know, to, I, I, I've never had any issues, you know, I've never, uh, besides my neck getting cranked on, I've never really had any, uh, um, long term injuries from, uh, jitsu or MMA. So he said, you know, when you're, um, when you're, uh, in these positions, you know, you're putting so much uh weird pressure on the knee. The knee only is is, it's a stable joint where it uh it doesn't go side to side. It only goes forward and back. So when you put that side to side pressure on it, it's gonna cause some uh problems. But he said, you uh what happened to you was probably just uh, just a pop, just like any other uh, just like any other pop in your knuckles or back or whatever, he said, I think it was just, it was just a air, because, uh, nothing looks damaged, he, uh, he said, um, we can get a, uh, MRI done, but, I mean, it really, it looks good to me, he did a, uh, I think he called it a stress test on it, just to see how it would do, uh, with, um, him bending my knee and such, and, uh, it looked good, so, um, I've been, uh, I've been back to training, I've, uh, I've uh, decided to uh, focus solely on no-gi. I haven't been in the gi, honestly, since... I'm trying to think. Probably since October. I have not been in the gi. Yeah, that last competition. I have not been in the gi. Just because um, I love the the leg lock game, and I've been trying to get uh, better at it. Excuse me and, um, I've been trying to get better at the leg lock game, and I've just, uh, I've fallen in love with the Nogi lately, so, um, I think I'm gonna stick to Nogi for a while, um, and I, I, uh, I think my wife's gonna kill me if I get more Gi, so Nogi it is, but, um, you know, I just like Nogi more, um, it's, uh, I've found it's, uh, easier for, uh, little guys to compete with big guys, uh, Nogi than it is, um, than it is Ghee because, um, a lot of problems I was having with, uh, bigger guys was, were, um, uh, uh, problems like they would, uh, grab onto my lapel and basically just do that the whole match, just basically grab onto a lapel and try and snap me down or, uh, try and push me, um, so it was very, uh, irritating, which, I mean, you know, you can always say, uh, well, just break his grip and, uh, and just go from there, and I'm like, well, it's not, it's not as fun, I don't want to, it's not worth it to me, because, uh, my hands were getting to the point where it, they were freaking trembling after classic as, uh, uh, gi grips, I mean, that is a whole nother game, just, uh, I admire, uh, guys who can, uh, who can, uh, grip the gee so well, and, uh, use it to manipulate people, because, um, my, uh, my friend, uh, Daniel, he, um, he's probably one of the best I've seen at it, he, um, he's a mechanic, and his grip strength is ridiculous, he would fuck me up just from his grips, I mean, I would not, I could have everything going well, but if he got one good grip on me, I was fucked, like, he could, he could mess me up with a, uh, single lapel grip, so, um, that made it, uh, very hard for me to, uh, deal with, and, um, I think that's a, that's a very big, uh, key factor in both uh nogi and gi is uh is the grip grip strength and uh grips in general how you're able to deal with them and how you're able to use them as attacks and um yeah it uh it uh it makes it more uh it definitely makes it more interesting when you have uh, someone with uh, great uh grip strength and uh who's able to use their uh grip to their advantage, because I think it's a, it's a very, it's a very great advantage you can have over someone, and, um, yeah, so, I, uh, I'm doing more, uh, no gi now, like I said, um, you won't very rarely catch me in the gi, um, but yeah, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing lately, and, um, uh, I don't have any, uh, competitions coming up, obviously, because I'm getting, uh, married in April, but, um, Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm still training, though. I'm gonna use this, uh, I'm gonna use this time, uh, from not competing to, uh, uh, focus on putting out content for you guys, focus on, uh, putting out more episodes of the podcast and, uh, make sure, uh, you guys, uh, are entertained, you know, that's what I, that's what I'm here to do, entertain you guys, so, um, stay, uh. Stay tuned, and um, I want to answer some uh, questions. I would put out a poll, and um, I want to answer some of these questions. And uh, if you think of any topics we uh, you want to go over, send in uh, send in your requests, send in your uh, questions, and um, I'll talk about it. So um, just uh, email. You can either DM me on uh, at uh, on Instagram at one and only Jazz Ortiz, or the uh, my Jiu-Jitsu page, um, Jazz Jitsu twenty four seven. So um, you can either uh, DM me on both of those. I'm on Instagram all the time. You can message me on Facebook, Jazz Ortiz, or you can uh, email the podcast, uh, One and Only Jazz Ortiz at gmail.com. So um, here's uh, here's some questions I've I've been uh, I've been asked. So um, shout out to the homie, uh, TVC Junior. Uh, commented tell us how you handle balance in work social life and training with all with a wedding coming up very great question my guy um the trick is um have a very understanding wife who um is very selfless and um uh as far as what i do Honestly, it's execution man it uh it whatever what and I don't mean this like in a selfish way, but whatever I want to do, I do so if I say i'm gonna record a podcast today and i'm gonna lift and i'm gonna train all before work, I do it you know you have uh what I've started doing is um I have a planner, and I'll write down what i'm gonna do that day. And I write it down either the week before or the or the um, the day before I write it down. This is what I'm going to do. And you do it. You stick by the schedule. I know who's a someone who's a big uh, um, advocate of this is uh, Andre Gaval. He's a uh, big uh, he's big on uh, making a schedule and sticking to it no matter uh, how tired you feel or um, anything else going on stick to it. If you make the commitment, you stick to it. And, uh, I think what has been, um, vital to balancing out my, uh, my, uh, work schedule and training schedule, um, is, um, uh, I, uh, I make my schedule six weeks out. That just happens to be the way my, uh, my job does it. And, um, I make my schedule six weeks out, and not only do I use that six weeks to plan my work schedule, but I uh, plan my training schedule also. Um, a lot of times, uh, my uh, my training uh, is not done by uh, just by last minute. Sometimes it is, depending on how much I'm working. If I'm working a lot, I'll, um, I'll try and squeeze in sessions here and there, but most of the time, uh, if... I'm working normal hours, and I, um, I'm training normal hours, uh, everything is, uh, regiment, everything, uh, something is this day, something is this day, so every, I'm very obsessed with time, I, uh, I try and, uh, I try and, uh, it's, it almost gets, uh, it can almost drive you crazy, but, uh, I try and schedule every little thing that I'm gonna do at A certain time so that way it will flow together more smoothly or it will um, work better with what I'm doing. So um, shout out to you, man. I uh, appreciate your question. I look forward to having you on the podcast soon. And um, let's see here. Next question. Hardcore Ricky, what's up, man? I've uh, I've seen your uh, questions and uh, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and your your question is what's the hardest lesson you learned in this sport? Oh dude, great question. I love that question. I love that question. um what is the hardest lesson you've learned in the sport? The hardest lesson I've learned in the sport is that there is no shortcuts absolutely no shortcuts. It doesn't matter if you it, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what you do there are no shortcuts, and I think the biggest thing is, um, the biggest, um, um, quality you can have in, uh, jiu-jitsu that will make you successful is experience, and how do you gain experience? Through hours on the mat, so, unfortunately, that's, that's how you get better. If you look at, uh, any of the top guys in jiu-jitsu, they train all the time, so, if you're uh if you're looking to be anybody in the sport you're gonna have to spend an, an insane amount of hours on the mat and not only on the mat but you also have to mentally uh focus on jujitsu outside of the training room also like when i'm not in uh when i'm not in the training room i'm watching tape uh i'm watching tape i'm uh i'm watching my matches i'm uh i'm listening to uh to a podcast uh, uh with uh jiu jitsu guys on talking about their experiences and uh their um their philosophies on training or um uh jiu jitsu in general so um i think that that would be the hardest lesson is um that there is no shortcuts there are no shortcuts you will not if you think you can uh if you think you can uh cheat jiu jitsu there's there's no cheat code Unfortunately, all all you can. The only way you can succeed through jujitsu in jujitsu is um, through hard work and determination. So uh, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for sending that question in. <clears throat> and he said, also another question: What's it like being Mexican in this sport? Oh, shout out, dude! Appreciate it. Um, appreciate you for sending that question. Um, um what's it like being Mexican in the sport? It's very different. Because, um, and not to be, well, yeah, not to be racist, but, uh, you know, in, or, or stereotype, sorry, stereotype my peoples, um, soccer, you know, you'd feel more comfortable in, you know, just because that's, that's more, uh, dominated by the Latin culture. Uh, that's a, that's an example of a, of a sports that's dominated by, uh, by, uh, Latin's is, um. Or, uh, Latins and Hispanics is, um, uh, soccer. So when you pick up, when you're, uh, uh young Mexican Jazz Ortiz and you say, uh, mommy, I wanna learn jujitsu, and she looks at you weird, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, j- a different look because, um, you know, uh, in uh, my beautiful country of, uh, Mexico, the, uh, the two sports that are, uh, most prominent are, um, soccer and, um, boxing, so, unless you, you pick up one of the two, you're gonna, you're gonna get some weird looks, so, it's, uh, I've, I've never noticed a difference, to be honest, I've, uh, I I mean, I noticed a difference as far as my, uh, my family goes, they, uh, they're not as familiar with it as, say, um, a, uh, Brazilian family, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna know all about jiu-jitsu, you know, that's their, uh, that's their, uh, that's their sport. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, uh, explaining and a lot of hand, hand gestures, you know, because, uh, I, I sometimes tell people, you know, it's rest uh, some, to the people that have no clue what jiu-jitsu is. I tell them it's wrestling with submissions. Do you know what wrestling is? And it's, it drives me nuts when they say, Oh, you mean like WWE? I'm like no, bro. Have you ever seen college wrestling? Have you ever seen Olympic wrestling? Any of that? The Olympics. Ever seen it? And um, they're like, oh, "Okay, I see what you're saying. So you do that UFC stuff." I'm like, "Okay, just forget it." <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, I uh, there's not a lot of uh, Mexicans uh, in the sport, so uh, I hope to be one of the uh, a big uh, representative for the uh, Hispanics, and, um, uh, I, uh, I hope I can represent well. You know, you have the, uh, uh, the Martinez's, Gio, and, uh, Richie. They are, uh, some that, uh, uh, are big, uh, representatives of, uh, uh, Mexicans in the sport. So, um, <clears throat> shout out to them. And, um, uh, I'm going to try and, uh, represent Mexicans as well as I can. So, uh, shout out, guys. And, uh another question do you skip warm-ups do I skip warm-ups depends on the day no I never skip I should say no I don't skip warm-ups I mean it depends am I late Uh, then yeah I'll probably skip (laughs) warm-ups but um, uh, I'm typically not late so uh, no I do not skip warm-ups and I do not encourage anyone to skip warm-ups because that is the path to injuries skipping warm-ups so um, no no skipping of the warm-ups next question what does it mean to be a purple belt what does it mean to be a purple belt to me it means you can you can mess up the average individual but you're still it's still your rough draft of what your black belt Self is. I feel like <clears throat> that's a lot what a uh, purple belt is. It's the rough draft of what your black belt self is. You know, you can uh, hit some submissions and uh, sweeps and transitions very uh, f- uh, fluently or fluidly, but you don't have it to the caliber of a black belt to where it, you, person can see the move coming, but can't do anything about it, so I think that's what, that's what a black belt, uh, that's what I think about, that's what a black belt, me, uh, purple belt means to me, is, uh, it's the, you're the, the rough draft version of your black belt self, and hardcore Ricky wrote, how do you handle losses? How do I handle losses? Well, I'll tell you how I used to deal with them. I, uh, I would get really bummed out. I, um, uh, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get angry. I would be more, uh, disappointed that I let <clears throat> my, uh, peers down and that I let my teammates down. That's what I think, uh, that's what I think bugs me the most when I, uh, when I lose is, um you know these people pay money to see you these people tune in to see you these people spend time watching what you do and they invest themselves in you so whenever people do that you want to give that love back you want to um you want to be able to deliver for them you know it's uh it's uh it's a hard business the jiu jitsu game so um <clears throat> whenever uh whenever i take a loss it uh it, it's never easy, you know, it's, you never get used to losing. And if you get used to losing, then, you know, you need to get out of the game because um, winning, I mean, losing should never be something that's comfortable to you. So um, how do I handle losses? I, uh, which may be unhealthy to my social life, but I become obsessive when I, uh, when I take a loss or I win, <clears throat> I become obsessive over what I did right and what I did wrong. And I, uh, I focus on fixing that and, um, <clears throat> uh, taking care of that problem as soon as possible, not as quick as possible, but as soon as possible. So if say I get caught in an inside heel hook Sunday, that night I'm working with my sister to, um, uh, fix that, uh, in, uh, that, um, that detail, and, uh, why I got caught in the inside heel hook, and why, uh, what I should have done, so, that, uh, that is how I handle it, I, uh, um, I persevere even more, whenever I take a loss, I think I've, uh, I've made more leaps, and, uh, gotten better in jiu-jitsu jiu- jiu- from losses than I have wins, I've, uh, I've definitely, um, uh, um, you know, that, that quote, they say, you know, you don't, uh, you don't lose, or you, what is it, you don't, uh, we either win or learn, we don't win or lose, you know, whatever. I, uh, I definitely take every loss as a, uh, learning experience and, um, use it to get better. I, uh, I, uh, I don't, um. I I used to do it a lot as a, uh, as a kid. I used to, uh, wallow in my losses and, you know, be really disappointed in myself and, and th- think back on, what could I have done differently? What, uh, what if I did this, you know? And now I just go, okay, on to the next one. And I think that's what, uh, that's what, um, any good competitor is going to tell you. It's just, on to the next one. You know, you can't be, uh, you can never be, um, too down on yourself, and you can never be, uh, you can never be, uh, celebratory too much, because, um, there's whoever you, if you think you're the best guy, there's a guy out there that thinks he's better than you, so, um, good question so far, guys. It says, how do you deal with, uh, nerves when it comes to competition? How do I deal with nerves? Um, I do a lot of visualization the night before and, um, I can't remember who said this, but the weeks leading up to the event, I don't think about the event. I, uh, I try and spend time with my wife. I try and, uh, keep myself distracted and focus on myself as much as possible leading up to the event. I, um, I watch tape of my guy, of course, leading up to the event, but the, uh, the week of the event is when, um, I, uh, I focus more on the match and, um, um, I don't focus on the individual. That's what I think, um, a lot of people, uh, where a lot of people go wrong is they focus on the individual. The way I look at it, it's just a person who I'm grappling against just like I would at an open mat, just like I would at, um, at a training session. That's the way I look at it. Um, they're, uh, there is no, uh, there is no, um, there is no solution. There's no, um, at least not that I've heard, any one hundred percent way to get rid of nerves. You can manage your nerves, but you can never um, 100 percent get rid of them. So I think it's all in um, how you manage it. Like I like I said, um, leading up to the event, I uh, I uh, watch tape on my guy, but I don't become, um, I don't ponder on who the individual is, I don't, uh, worry about his credentials, I watch his, um, I watch his tape, I see how he rolls, and, um, and another thing I do is I watch it with no noise, because, uh, sometimes you'll hear the crowd and go, and the crowd will go, oh, oh, oh my goodness, you know, and that can make you, uh, that can make you have anxiety, so, um, I watch all my tape without sound, and, um, I focus on myself as much as possible, and, um, then when it comes time to the, uh, to the week of the event, I, uh, I break down what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what, um, what I think he's good at, what I think he's, uh, not good at, and, um, I, uh, I develop a game plan. I think if you, uh, if you develop a game plan too early, it can, uh, it can make you go. It can make you go in a direction where uh, it won't be best for your jujitsu. When um when I'm training for a uh, super fight or a, a tournament, I just focus on um uh, on whatever system it is that I'm working on, whether it be leg locks or passing guard or um retaining guard or escapes. I uh I just focus on uh making myself a better uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner overall. And, um, I, uh, I think if you do that, you'll make, uh, much more improvement than trying to, uh, fight and then trying to, uh, fight that process and, um, trying to become, uh, one, one, um, when, when you do that, you're, um, when you uh, don't just focus on improving your jiu-jitsu and trying to uh, uh, fit the mold of what you think would beat this guy, I think that's when you uh, kind of put a hold on your uh, on your uh, progress and uh, in areas you could have gotten better at, you uh, don't get better at because you were so focused on um, what you thought was going to make this guy. uh, tap or what you thought was going to work on this guy, because you can get out there and you think this guy's a passer and he pulls guard on you, you know, you never know. So I think when you play to your strengths and you, uh, hone in on your weaknesses, you, um, you're going to have a much better result. So, um, yeah, guys, um, I think that's it for today. Um, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, listening, and, um, I, um, like I said, I'm gonna try and, uh, get these, uh, episodes out to you guys, um, weekly, I'll even try and squeeze in, uh, a couple episodes every week, but, um, I, uh, I couldn't get this, uh, week's podcast out, uh, soon enough, uh, uh, soon enough because, um, we unfortunately had a death in the family, my, uh, wife's grandmother passed, so, um, Please keep uh, my family in your thoughts and prayers. It is uh, it's been a very hard time. She was a uh, she was a great woman. So um, please uh, keep my family in your thoughts and prayers, and um, just um, um, pray for a uh, easy transition. You know, it's never uh, it's never easy when you uh, lose a loved one, but um, it's uh, especially harder when they were a uh, when they were a uh, close relative. You know, it's. It's uh it can be very hard on a family. So, um please, um, if you will, keep us in your uh, prayers and um I will uh catch you guys on the next episode. Um be sure to uh check me out on all uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Stitcher, YouTube, we're uh we're everywhere guys. So, um be sure to check that out. I'll um I'll have uh consistent content coming out to you guys and, um, yeah, just, um, uh, stay tuned and, um, I will catch you guys on the next one.